0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another Midwife Life podcast. My name is Jasmine. I'm a registered midwife. And today I thought, why not do a podcast on a week in the life of a midwife? Um, Just so anyone out there, if you want to know what a general week would look like for me or just a midwife out there, then listen along and yeah, see if you're into it. Let's go. All right, so as I'm sure you're aware, midwives can work in lots of different areas um, and do lots of different things. So for example, you could be a shift worker like myself where you're given a roster every month and you do random shifts. Or you could be a caseload midwife where you follow your own women through and then you're on call for the births. You know, you could be a home birth midwife where you're pretty much doing all your stuff in the community. Um, Yeah, you could work in the clinics. There's just so many different areas you could work in as a midwife, but I'm just going to talk about my general week as a midwife, how it's been and yeah, what it generally looks like. Um, so I'm a shift worker, so with nurses, we don't really get a set, we don't get set shifts every week, like every, sorry, we don't get like set shifts in a sense, like every roster is a different bunch of shifts. So what I mean by that is, you know, one week you might be doing three mornings and two afternoon shifts, or one week you might be doing four night shifts, Um, you could be doing a shift where you finish at 10 o'clock and then you start at 7 o'clock the next morning. So the shifts are very all over the place. Um, You do have some choice in requesting your shifts, but generally what you get is what you get and you just kind of got to flow with it. You know, we work weekdays, we work weekends, we do lots of different shifts. Sometimes we do four days in a row, other times it's six days in a row. So It really does change every single week, which um, I must say like it's very hard to get like a solid sleeping pattern or anything like that, pretty much next to impossible because every week you're adjusting yourself in a different way. So one week I might be waking up at five o'clock every morning to go to work if I've got mornings and then other times I'm doing night shifts where I'm sleeping all day and then staying up all night. So, you know, and you can have a few of those shifts in the same week. So I'm sure you're getting the idea that it can be very hard to get a good rhythmic pattern and you just have to be very focused in order to have a good work-life balance um, with shift work because it's really all over the place. I think the best way I manage it is make sure that if I know I have a few days off, like I will try to organize things in advance to do just so I know that I'm getting out and about and doing things other than work because otherwise work can kind of take over your life if you let it you really and that's in any profession I guess you got to make sure that you have good work-life balance and you're doing things you know for yourself outside of work as well but yeah on a tangent there but let's go through my week Okay, so this week I've been doing a few mornings and a few afternoon shifts, but always before my shift I have a coffee. So you always need a big coffee and something good to eat. Um, You know, we rotate into different wards, but at the moment, you know, I'm working in that birthing area. So if you're looking after someone in labour, it's often hard to get off and have a break um, because they really do need you there and it is one-on-one care. So I often make sure that I have something good to eat before work and I have my coffee to make sure I have good energy. And honestly, normally I scull about half a litre of water because I know it's going to be hard to get out of the room if I'm looking after someone in labour. So, you know, what a day could look like for me is I might take over where someone's already in well-established labour and then I help them through the end of it. Um, Or I could be going to a caesarean section, which we do skin to skin. So that means um, the midwife follows you into the theatre. We're there throughout the operation. We help with your baby. Then we come to the recovery with you, help with the feeding, and then ultimately go upstairs to the postnatal ward with you, and that's where we say our goodbyes and hand over care. But that process can take a few hours, um, from you know, start to go. So you don't really get a break in that time. So that's why it's so important to have a good meal and a large coffee before you get started with the day. Um, yeah. So a general week for me is coming on. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, I guess in a birth unit, you can get it. Obviously, birth is the number one thing, but there's lots of other different things you could get too. So, for example, if someone's having decreased fetal movements, um, they might come in and get an assessment. If they've got PV bleeding, um, if their waters have broken, uh, if they've got like any illnesses in their pregnancy, like diabetes or high blood pressure, and they need to get checked because they're feeling unwell. So there's so many reasons that you might review a patient. Um, If someone's in preterm labor, you might look after them and then sometimes that can fizzle out. But, yeah, there's just so many different assessments and things that come up all the time. And I feel like every week I'm learning something new. Um, Yeah, I love it. It's a very interesting job and very rewarding as well. Um, Obviously, I do love... uh, birth I think birth is amazing that moment when a baby is born and you put it on mum's chest give baby a rub and you know the father's crying it's a very beautiful moment to be a part of so obviously you want everything to go well and smoothly and sometimes it does Um, but I definitely think sometimes it doesn't as well so in a week you could have emergencies as well where you know, a baby might come out not breathing and you have to do resuscitation. Um, A mum might have a hemorrhage, you know, blood pressures might spike or mum's temperature might go up and you have to start antibiotics. So it really is a job that I think a lot of people would think, oh, midwife, it's so, you know, mums and babies and so beautiful, natural, all this kind of stuff. And it definitely can be like that. But I think you know, working in a hospital, you do get more high-risk cases, so it's not always like that, unfortunately, and um, yeah, you got to deal with a lot of high-risk stuff and honestly be on the ball. That's why I always have something to eat and drink before I start, because you got to have your head in the game, seriously. It is a tough job, tough, tough job. Obviously, another thing that is making work that little bit more challenging is uh, COVID. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes we have the COVID patients and, you know, it's not actually the patients that makes it difficult as such. It's more the PPE that is making it difficult. Like, I'm more than happy to look after COVID patients. But when you're gowned up and stuck in the room and you're helping someone through labor, You just honestly get so hot, like you just feel like very sweaty, very hot. And when you're trying to coach someone through pushing while you're wearing a face mask and a face shield, it is very. You have to be so vocal and so loud for them to even hear you. So yeah, it's very, very hard work. Not only for the patient because they're going through this whole process, but the midwives as well. It's just um really hard time, but. Yeah, I think it's just been such an interesting time to be a midwife and one week can look so many different ways in a birth unit. You can have a week where you'd have all lovely normal births or you can have a week where every day you have an emergency. So I think as a midwife working in this area, I've realized like it's so important to stay calm and to make sure like you're controlling your stress levels and adrenaline because I find like you can just, if you don't let yourself relax, you can just be on a constant high because you're just under pressure all the time. So that's why when I come home, it is time for me time, time to relax, hang out with my fiancé, hang out with my little poochie Frankie and just wind down. You just need one day a week to seriously process what's happened and wind down. I often find, like, once I've done a day, I reflect on it and go, okay, like, I tried my best. What can I do next time better? And then I just try and kind of let it go because I think, um, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. But um, anyone out there that wants to be a midwife, like, Give it a go, but I reckon definitely speak to someone that's a midwife if you know someone out there and to get an idea of what it's about. Um, because until you're in it, I think you don't realize you know how intense it can be. Like, I, I definitely think there's areas where it can be less intense, but um, it's one of those things you got to make sure you know what you're signing up for when you sign up. But honestly, such a crazy roller coaster job and so rewarding at the end of the day. So Couldn't really see myself doing anything else, hence why I've made a podcast on this job as well. So, yeah, love that. I think another thing that's very important to flag when being a midwife, um, especially in a hospital setting, is that a lot of your work is – You are working by yourself, like one-on-one care in labor and things like that, but also it's a lot about teamwork as well and communication. Um, So, you know, making sure you're communicating with your team leader. So so often on a shift, okay, so there's like a team leader that's like the person that you give information to and update throughout the shift and they they have to know what's going on with everyone in the ward Um, and then everyone else kind of looks after other patients. So... It's very important to make sure that you're updating your team leader to let them know what's happening, keep them in the loop with everything. And then obviously you're going to be working with doctors as well. Um, so communicating with doctors if you have any concerns. Um, you might be working with an anesthetist if someone wants an epidural, um, you know, a social worker if someone has, um, you know, bereavement or their baby has died, you um, or if they've got like psychosocial issues such as drug use and things like that. Um, So I think working in health in general, but especially in like, you know, high-risk areas, you do have to liaise with lots of allied health and lots of different um, healthcare staff. So communication is so key, um, especially when you're working where emergencies can come up. Pretty much like at the drop of a hat, everything can be running so smooth, and then suddenly an emergency happens. So, just communication is number one. You really do need to practice how to communicate effectively in an emergency. Um, Because, you know, if you don't know how to do that and don't know how to stay calm, then that can be life threatening for, you know, the people that you're resuscitating. So, need to, I guess, over time you build confidence. Like I'm still building confidence as well and learning every day, but definitely working as a team and keeping your calm and making sure you know your policies um, is just vital in a high-risk environment you need to know. I'm sure someone that is working in nursing that's emergency or ICU or these kind of areas would agree that communication and escalation of care is just so important um to save people's lives essentially. So yeah, that can be what's happening in my week when I go to work. It's just being on the ball and knowing when to call for help and communicating with others and also keeping the families calm as well. So, you know, you have been with the woman through her whole labor and the partner as well. So, it's so important to build that rapport and that connection with them. Um, so, you know, you might start with general conversation, but really like you're getting deeper connection through that. You're building trust and making them feel comfortable with you. Um, and ultimately if something goes wrong later on, they're going to cling to you for some reassurance. So it's very important that you learn how to empathize and give reassurance to the mums and dads, keep them updated with what's happening. So, you know, they need to, you need to make people feel comfortable and, you know, give them the reassurance that they need so they don't get too stressed because especially for the dads, like sometimes I feel like they can feel a bit out of the loop when they can't help. So, for example, if a baby is born and you have to start a recess and then, you know, the mum is still delivering her placenta and all this stuff is happening, I often feel like the dads can be kind of left in the lurch and feeling a bit out of place. So it's important that we get them involved the best that we can and don't make them feel isolated from the situation because these this is now two people they care about the most in the world and we m- need to make sure that we're giving them reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel for the dads sometimes because I feel like, especially with all this COVID happening, sometimes they can be pushed aside a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it's their baby as much as it's the mums, so... Just, yeah, keep everyone together, guys. Keep a happy family situation going on and keep everyone in the loop. So now that I've described to you a little bit what my week is like um, working, I'm sure you can imagine that being on the high all the time of like births and emergencies and, you know, being everyone's shoulder to lean on, you can imagine that sometimes it does get quite – overwhelming in the sense that you could lean to burnout um so right now I'm just going to go through a few tips on how I make sure that I don't burn out as a midwife so if any other midwives or nurses are listening out there this is what I do to make sure that I'm looking after myself because you know you got to stay strong and you got to make sure that we can sustain for many years to come in this career so we have to make sure that we're looking after ourselves. Um, so generally to prevent myself from burning out, um, I make sure that when I'm at home, I'm getting good rest. So I try my best not to stay up too late. I try to have good sleeps. Um, I generally, if I have an afternoon shift, I'll go for a morning walk, um, get some fresh air. I make sure I make time to see my family and my friends just so I can, talk about something else besides work. So take it off my mind and enjoy life. Um, make sure you're organizing times to go out in nature. Like for me, that is so important. You know, wherever you live, go somewhere out in nature and get some fresh air and, you know, just being quiet for a little bit. I think sometimes in general, like we just forget to stop and wind down and that's so important in order to rest our mind from Everything that's been going, not only at work, but just in life in general, we need to stop and wind down. Um, I think to prevent burnout too, like, I make sure you treat yourself. So that doesn't mean going out and buying a Gucci bag. It just means little things. So make sure you buy yourself that coffee if that makes you feel good. Um, Go out and eat the cake. Like, go and have a cocktail with your friends. Make sure you're buying some nice fruit for yourself so you're eating healthy but delicious food. Um, You know, fill your body with good things and, yeah, you'll feel good. I just think that I've said this before in other podcasts, but I imagine myself like a tank almost and if you don't fill yourself up, then how can you give to others? So essentially that's how I do it. I try to make myself feel good and, you know, fill my life with people that are good vibes and loving and yeah you just gotta have good people around you and that will help you fuel up for the week I guess but um yeah I know this is a little bit of a rambly podcast but it's just a little summary I guess of how my week goes in the birth unit and how I manage that and yeah every week is different but every week is a challenge and you're always learning something new but um Definitely have to look after yourself in order to be able to look after others. I just think that is probably one of my number one, number one tips to being a midwife: look after yourself so you can look after others, um, and always treat others how you'd like to be treated. I find that so important as well. Like because sometimes in labour, women can—they're not, you know, they're distressed. They're not necessarily how they would normally act. They might lash out at you. They might get angry or you know be frustrated, but it's important to try and keep calm for them because that will help them be calm and, you know, realize that they're obviously in a lot of pain and distress so, you know, just do your best to care for people. Don't don't take it personal when people are lashing out at you. Just try to de-escalate the situation and give them some help, I guess. Um, but as you can imagine, these eyes have seen many things and there's many more things to come, like honestly. Like I'm only year two into being a midwife now I was a nurse before that, but I just think, wow, like I have seen so many things with my eyes now that you can't unsee. And I just think imagine being 15 years down the track, how many stories I'm going to have and how many experiences I'm going to have from this job because it's like nothing else. Like, And I, I think like of all frontline workers, like police officers, ambos, other nurses, like I'm sure they can all say the same. Like there's just um, – crazy job you just see so much stuff working in the general public um and yeah I love it it's just um it's a good time and learning lots but look I'm gonna have to wrap up the podcast there today because I have to get my uniform on and go to work but I hope that you've got something out of this today if you'd enjoyed it please let me know and follow me at life underscore podcast on And feel free to message me if you have any suggestions on what you would like to hear next. And, yeah, hope you have a good day and keep on listening. I'm going to bring some guests in soon. I know I've said that before, but seriously got to get some friends on here. You guys can't just keep listening to me ramble on all day every day. So I'll get some guests on soon and message me some suggestions of what you'd like to hear next. Okay, bye. <laughs>